On this week's episode of Out of Bounds with Dylan James, the Alliance of America Football League is making news good and bad, um, including Tom Dundon investing $250 million into the league after rumors that the league couldn't make payroll to several players. Also, the league is getting sued from a man who claims the league was his idea, and Colin Kaepernick was not getting the payday he was expecting from the league, so therefore he will not play in the Alliance. Also, the Orlando Apollos have gone 3-0 and so far in the season. Can they keep this momentum going throughout the rest of the year? We'll find out later, and we'll talk more about it during the show. We'll also discuss NFL news as the Patriots owner, Robert Kraft. Is he in trouble? Me and Dylan discuss this and see what Roger Goodell wants to do. We got Le'Veon Bell. He's going to be a free agent. Where will he sign next month? As well as the Steelers, former Steelers wide receiver, Antonio Brown. Where he would go. And we'll also discuss the Oakland Raiders. As it looks like they'll be staying in Oakland for a couple more years before they vacation to Vegas. Today was the big NHL trade deadline. And there were some heavy hitters that were being moved to new teams. We'll find out more about those players. Also, we'll get an update on the Predators and the Capitals to see if their moves will make sense going into the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll also discuss in the NBA, LeBron James calling out the Lakers for no sense of urgency. Was he... Out of bounds. We'll also saw Greg Popovich calling out his team. As their poor performance against the New York Knicks last night, the Houston Rockets, they're 3-0 and against the Warriors this season. Will they finally get over the hump and defeat the Warriors in the playoffs? Me and Dylan will discuss this. And we'll also talk about the Orlando Magic as they've gone 8 out of their last 10 games with a win. And they defeated the Toronto Raptors last night with a very impressive performance. We'll also have segments such as JT's Football Recap of the Week, Miscellaneous News, Winners and Losers, Final Thoughts, and this is Out of Bounds. We're excited to be back here on... The airwaves coming through your speakers, out of bounds, Dylan James, JT across the table for me, and I'm Dylan James. Had some craziness happening in the NHL today, some huge trade news on the trade deadline, which it's never, it's never not interesting, just say it that way. It's always intriguing to watch. I had all of my... My phone was set to um, notifications from several different Twitter accounts. Pierre Lebrun, Bob McKenzie, um, Drager was on there. We also had Nashville Predators PR. I had so many notifications just in case. I just did not want to miss a single moment of the trade deadline, and it did not disappoint. We got some good pieces for the Nashville Predators. The Washington Capitals. Eh. Well, remember, Dylan, last year we didn't do Anything other than getting John Kepney, and we end up winning the cup. So okay, okay, okay. You don't have to do break the bank like the Blue Jackets did. True, to try to true. Make wow. a splash to win the cup. The Blue Jackets they went all in today. They got some huge pieces, which we'll talk about later in the show during our NHL segment. But JT, how's it been going? I know you uh, got in a wreck in January. You're doing better though. You've been going to treatment. You've been getting some. Uh, chiropractic massages and such. I was like, do we have to talk about that right now? <laughs> we don't have to talk about much about it, but I mean, you're on the men. I'm doing good. I'm doing Other good. than that, though, how's yes, everything else uh, going audience, for Audience, you? if you're listening, uh, yes, I was in Iraq, but I'm okay. So we're good to go. And my apologies, that was Michael Kepney, not John Kepney. Excuse me. Oh, so, you know your players, man. <laughs> you gotta know your players. Uh, yeah, I'm struggling off, off the bat after not being on the show for, what, a month and a half or so? Oh, jeez, don't tell me. Don't remind me. But besides that, I'm doing very well. Work's going good. School's going very well. And uh, just hanging in there. But that's like you, Dylan, I was following the trade deadline, seeing if the Caps were going to make any last-minute deals. They chose to stay pat. But the players we got were very good, and I'll talk about that in a minute. And... Hey, it could be worse. What's going on up in New England with uh, Robert Kraft and his situation? Ooh, yeah, that's... Uh... Man, luckily we weren't involved with that, so we're good, but we also, our show did not win an uh, Oscar last night. It so... did not, unfortunately. We'll have to work on that, Dylan. <laughs> we thought we were in consideration of some... For some reason, when we found out that radio shows and podcasts are not a part of the Oscars, it's kind of weird. Um, it should be, but we didn't get nominated for anything, but it's okay. Lady Gaga won. 
last night, so she won her first Oscar. Yes, that which performance is pretty cool. With, uh, very captivating. Yeah. Very captivating. I, there is something between those two. I'm telling you, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. If they get together at any point between now and the end of our lives, oh, there's a baby coming. That I will sense. say, <laughs> I called it because they they were just. Those looks. I'm, I'm sorry. Anyway, we're getting on a tangent here. Let's talk more about sports because that's what we're talking. Yes, thank here you for listening about. to the Entertainment Tonight podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> Step over, Ryan. We're doing it, JT. Yeah, jeez. Hollywood celebrity special. <laughs> wow, interesting. Anyway, um, let's talk about some sports. Why don't we? Let's talk about the newly formed Alliance of American Football League, which we're very excited about. We were very excited about it when we first heard about it. Yeah, we went and to the first game. We did. We did. We were there on scene, on location um, at the first game, Orlando Apollos versus the Atlanta Legends. And Orlando blew them out of the water. What, 43 to 7 or something like that? It was 40 to 6. Something. Yeah, something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, very. It was in Orlando, the Apollos, they got a good crowd. Over 20,000 fans showed up. Uh, yes, the UCF stare down kid was there as well. Yeah. He had some competition there. He did. Uh, with another contestant doing the stare down. So. That was very entertaining, and, and uh, Gary Gilbert, he had a slow start, but he started picking it up, and uh, the Apollos look good, and Steve Spurrier, he's doing some magic tricks out there, the Apollo specials, he's <laughs> which is very familiar, familiar with the Philly special back yeah. when they beat the Patriots. Uh, so, yeah, that was very fun, but the Apollos are off to a good start. Everyone's been talking about the Alliance and how much excitement this league's got. They got a lot of viewerships, broke records. On the Twitter. debut night, they actually had more viewers than NBA that night, which mm-hmm. was fantastic, which is something that people didn't really expect. But, I mean, football in the in the winter and, and spring, it's kind of strange to see, but, I mean, people want to see it. That tells you that the NFL is going in the right direction uh, when they're trying to get to a 365 um, kind of format with the NFL, with trades and things of that nature. So, they're doing a good job about it, but the AAF, man, they, they were killing it so far. The first three weeks have been dynamic, but there was a snag in the second week. Yeah, Dylan, there was a lot of rumors last week that the league was struggling to pay several of its players. So apparently they got a last minute, or as they're calling bailout money, uh, from investor Tom Dundon, who is the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, Two hundred and fifty million dollars. Now, at first, I was like, mm, "This is not looking good." That the day they announced this, they're struggling to pay players. They get this investment. However, from what I've heard, Dylan, Tom Dundon wouldn't made his investment unless well, are giving a deal to be the chairman. But also, I don't think he would invest that much if he didn't think the league was going to be that successful. And you know, the league, the startup, it's a single entity like MLS and. The league owns all the teams and the players, kind of all that stuff. So it's going to take a while. They're learning. And although Apollo's had a situation with the health insurance thing, um, or in Florida, they don't think they recommend them as full players as employees or something for their insurance. That's why they got to go to Georgia practice or something. So the league is is, is learning. You got to give it some time. And I think for a $250 million investment, to me, that's a long term deal. And I think what. The league's trying to do is that money's going to be used for, you know, several seasons. I would say at least three to five years. And I think what the Alliance of American Football League is going to try to do with all this technology that they're doing, the app where you can follow players and predict plays, that's awesome. It's really cool. And I think they're going to try to sell it to the NFL. Hey, this is what we can do as your development league. Do you want to buy a stake in the league? And I'm sure the NFL's like, why not, you know? Jump on it. Exactly. We'll jump on it, you know, send some players down for some, you know, spring season and Game season ready for the NFL. It just makes sense. Yeah. And then on top of that, the league had issues with, it was announced today that uh, someone is trying to sue them because they claim they're still their idea. Now, the league's putting a uh, wash on that saying, look, we had discussed with this guy, but nothing went on after that meeting, and we decided to go a different route. And that's what they're doing. And, of course, there was also talk that they tried to get Colin Kaepernick, but Colin Kaepernick even though he hasn't played in a couple years, still wants $20 million. Why? Why? I don't I don't understand why. Why? There's man. no reason, man. If you want to get back in the NFL, just play. But Exactly. I, I don't know. But he's going to do other things. And then, of course, they tried to make him run at Tim Tebow. But Tim Tebow wants to focus on his baseball career. 
And he's also getting married. So I don't blame him. He's I got mean, a lot going on. He has a lot going on. <laughs> I don't blame him with his baseball career. He's actually doing very well in baseball. Um, and it looks like he might be called up to the majors at some point um, in the next year or two, which would be fantastic for him and fantastic for his fans. But, yeah, you, you know, the AAF is doing good things so far. They, they're doing the right things to gain interest in the sport. I mean, and there are some several rule changes that are actually making the game a lot more intense, a lot more, a lot quicker, you know? Um, I, I think that they're trying to cut down the time. I think they said an average of 150 minutes compared to 180 minutes per game in the NFL. Well, we went to the first huge. game. I think it was it was under two hours, right? Two and a half hours? I think so. So, I mean, that was pretty quick. When most football games are like three, maybe three and a half because of all the flags and penalties. Yeah. So TV it, commercials and all that. So, just give you a rundown of what they're changing in this league. They're changing it to where now there are no kickoffs in this league. It just starts off, off – uh, the ball starts off at the 25-yard line. Um, they also do not do extra points in this league. They make it to where you have to go for a two-point conversion, which makes it much more interesting when a team gets a touchdown. Um, and there are small other intricacies within the league, like rule changes, um, penalties, things of that nature that have more yardage, um, for certain penalties than they do in the NFL, things of that nature. Well, one thing I'd like Dylan, cause when I was in new Orleans last weekend and I was with my friend Austin and we were watching the Birmingham iron game. It was on TV on TNT and they were playing the Salt Lake stallions and they uh, the thing I like about during that game is they had a play that they didn't they didn't know the guy caught the ball so they take you to the sky judge and you literally see the official up there talking to the refs tell them what's going on this is what I see what what did you see we want to make sure you get the call right and I definitely like that I wish the I NFL did something like that I do too especially yeah. I'm sure the Saints fans because <laughs> what happened with the playoff game against the Rams but although uh, there was one play that I saw that. The wide receiver came down with the ball. It touched the ground. It came out of his arms and touched the ground. And the sky judge actually said, I don't see anything to change the call on the field. It was a completed pass on the field, right? Well, then great. It's a completed pass because I don't see anything to overturn it. But you blatantly see the ball come out of his arms and hit the ground and go back into his arms. And he still didn't change it. So there are some of those things I'm like, well, I think if an NFL viewership was watching this. I think if fans from the NFL were watching this game, I think they would have been turned off very, very quickly just because of things like that, because it's all up to one person. It's all up to that one guy, the sky judge. And if he doesn't like the call, then he'll change it. I mean, it's interesting. Um, I think that there are several calls in the NFL that people would have liked to have a sky judge because the sky judge can come in at any time he wants to, to say, whoa, 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 wait a second. I want to take a look at that play. And I mean, it's, it's been, it's been pretty interesting so far. It's really interesting. Like you said, to hear them talking about it during the broadcast. Um, it's just, it's a whole nother level of play that we haven't seen before. And like you said before, the application you can play too, you can predict the plays, you get points. If you predict the play correctly, um, you see where the players are in real time on the field. It's, it's very technologically advanced and this league, I think, will be sticking around for quite some time. And hopefully the NFL does create a partnership with this league because I think it's definitely a great way for NFL players to get to that next level. Um, but speaking about the Orlando Apollos, they are 3-0 and in this league right now. They're one of two teams in the league that are undefeated. The Birmingham Iron and the Orlando Apollos are bo- both undefeated so far. Um, what are some things that have stuck out in your mind during this season as you've watched the Alliance of American Football League? Well, Gary Gilbert has done very well for the Orlando Apollos, and I don't think a lot of people expected that, considering that he hasn't been in the NFL for quite a time. So most recently with the Carolina Panthers, they're in their last game of the season last season. So he did very well. He had 270 yards. Their running backs, uh, Ernest Johnson did really well. had 79 yards. And Ramal Hall, he did really good. had a couple touchdowns in that game against Memphis. And Orlando, Dylan, had to hang on because they were cruising like up 21 to 9, and then Memphis bench your boy, Christian Hackenberg, and they brought in Zach Mettenberger. He was a difference. Brought offense and sparked into that Memphis Express offense. And we had to hang on to get that win 21-17. to But Orlando's been a very impressive team. From what I've been hearing, the Alliance, they've gotten a lot of viewerships, like I think over 2.9 million viewers between the last few weeks of their, their few games on television. And the most popular team, surprisingly, Dylan, has been the Orlando Apollos 
because of the play of Gary Gilbert. I think he also won offensive MVP last week. And Steve Spurrier, the old ball coach, making trick plays and doing crazy things out there, bringing excitement. And Orlando fans are seeing it because they're showing up. So that's great. And this league, if they can get some entertaining uh, offense and players and coaches, you know, that's going to come a long way. And as you mentioned, we're undefeated. Just like Birmingham, that's the other team's undefeated. Trent Richardson had, uh, I believe, he had three touchdowns in their game this past weekend. He's had six touchdowns in the league so far this season. Three games. Yes, uh, the Birmingham Iron did very well this past weekend against the Atlanta Legends. So, and of course, you got the San Diego Fleet crushed the Com- San-, Com- San Antonio Commanders, thirty-one eleven, and then the Hot Shots getting their first loss against Salt Lake City Stallions, twenty-three fifteen. Now, speaking of Salt Lake City Stallions. We are playing them this weekend. We'll be up in Salt Lake City to play the Stallions. So how do you think Orlando is going to match up, Dylan? I think they'll match up fine. I mean, I think that every week you've seen that they've been able to compete. They've been able to hang in there, and they've been able to win. I think that the biggest thing with uh, Orlando is that when Birmingham Birmingham comes to play um, Orlando, I think that that's going to be a tough test for them because, I mean, that's the best team, other, the other best team in the in league. In our division, yeah. In our division, and I think that – their defense is very stout. I think that Orlando needs to showcase. Um, Garrett Gilbert has to showcase his arm, essentially, in, the, yeah. in that game. And Birmingham's going to be our next opponent. So after this game in Salt Lake, we go to Birmingham on March 9th. I, I think we'll be fine in Salt Lake. I, I, I'm, I'm chalking that up as a win right now. I think we'll be 4-0 going to the game against Birmingham. I think Birmingham will be... Undefeated as well. Birmingham's playing San Antonio this weekend. I think they'll be undefeated as well. Um, so looking at those teams going into an undefeated battle, um, I think that Orlando will take a slight edge in that game because of their offensive firepower. Um, but Birmingham will be a huge test. Uh, I think that if if Orlando makes any mistakes during that game, I think Birmingham might have um, a leg up on the Apollos. But that will be next week, Dylan. So we'll see it happens how that goes. Let's talk about some news in the NFL. There's been a lot of NFL news going on during their offseason. Of course, what everyone's talking about, Dylan, is the New England Patriots owner, Robert Kraft. As today, he was charged with two counts of first-degree solicitation, or as you like to refer to as a happy ending. A happy ending. So... <laughs> We don't need to go into too much details of that. You know what I mean. But <laughs> for Robert Kraft, you know, as a, the league, it, I don't think this looks good on him, Dylan. The fact that your team just won the Super Bowl, and not only that, Dylan, ESPN reported that he was apparently at this massage parlor the weekend of the AFC Championship game. Of course he was. He went there twice. Of course he was. And he like, had a lot of stress, oh JT. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he had a lot of stress. He had to get out of his shoulders. Come on. Wow. So, yeah, it's not looking good. Now, we don't know. Me and Dylan aren't trying to prejudge here. We don't We're know. not speculating here. We, we don't, don't know we don't what's, know what's going, going on. on. We exactly. wait for all the details to come out. And that's what the NFL basically said. We're not going to do any punishment until we get all the details. And they'll make a decision. Although, his court case is scheduled for the day before the first round of the draft this year. That is correct, Dylan. And on top of that, Dylan, based on how the NFL has treated previous owners, Jim Mersey, he had a drug issue, and he had suspended for that. I think the most likely scenario, there's three scenarios that I can see happen, Dylan, if the NFL wants to come hard on Robert Kraft, and I think they will. He's going to get suspended. And one thing I will assure you is his suspension is going to be a lot longer than what Tom Brady got when they went after him. Of course it is. Because Roger Goodell is after the Kraft family. Roger Goodell is after the Patriots, and Roger Goodell is after Tom Brady. He just wants to take down, dismantle this dynasty. Because, look, I think at a certain point... Has this been like a four-year project? You try to do that? It has been. And you know what? The reason why he's doing this is because he knew the dynasty was in place. He knew a dynasty would be in place in the NFL for so long that they would be so dominant in this league that he knew he had to break it up. He knew fans would be turned away from the game simply because one organization is winning so much. That's my conspiracy theory in this whole thing. I don't think it's because of the flake. I don't think it's because of all this stuff. I think it's because Roger Goodell is sick and tired of seeing this organization in the AFC doing so well and succeeding every single year, going to the AFC Championship game every single year, even if they don't go to the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. They're successful. They're always going to be successful. They're like the Alabama of the NFL. 
So Roger wants that to go away. He doesn't want to be in the league anymore. He wants he wants other teams to have a shot at the at the title because they've been so successful for so long. Now, if it was like a five year run, I think Roger would be okay. Whatever, it's fine. But it's been such a long period of time with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady at the helm of that team, guiding them to AFC championships over and over and over and over again. Now they have six rings, six championship rings. Do you really think Roger Goodell wants that to happen? No. No, he doesn't want that to happen. He wants Not that. only that, they went the th- remember, they went through three straight Super Bowls recently. Three. Yeah. Three he in d- a row. He doesn't want that to happen. He wants other teams to have a shot at the title. And in that situation, the best way to do it, cut off the head. Roger Goodell wants Robert Kraft away from this team. And this is why I think it's going to happen, Dylan. I think... He's going to get suspended. I think that's the most likely. Now, if there's more evidence, more stuff that comes up, he's going to get suspended for probably a, a year. Or at best, they're going to do what they did with Jerry Richardson when he was owning the Carolina Panthers. They're going to force him to sell the team. And if Robert Kraft has to sell a team, he's going to rather keep it in the family, sell it to his son, oh, as opposed to selling it to someone but, outside. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that he's going to sell. I don't think they're going to make him sell the team. I don't think that's going to happen. I think in this situation, uh, a lot more evidence will have to come out for that to happen. But I, I just think Roger Goodell wants to knock Robert Kraft off his high horse for just enough time to where the dynasty crumbles and he's able to put a new AFC champion in the ring in the Super Bowl. I think that's all he wants to do. He wants the league to be not as uh, dominant, not not one team being so dominant in the league like it is right now. And I think the Patriots are that team, and he wants to dismantle it as quickly as possible. Well, we'll have to get our boy, our out-of-bounds correspondent, Chris, in the show at some point to give his insights on what's going on in New England. I'm sure they'll create some shirts that say, if you get suspended, free Robert Kraft. Free Robert Kraft, but we'll see what happens with that. Anyway, let's talk about your boy, Dylan, Le'Veon Bell. As the Pittsburgh Steelers have announced, he's going to be a free agent. They're not going to keep him on the roster, so he's going to be gone. He's going to be a free agent. Free agency starts in March. So, Dylan, what teams do you think are on the market for a running back that could use his services? You know, a lot of teams I think could. I think that you don't even have to look at teams that need a running back. I think you need to look at teams that need... A wide receiver presence too. I think Le'Veon Bell can do a lot of things um, coming out of the backfield, and I, I think that there are suitors out there. Like you look at the Cleveland Browns. I mean, I think Cleveland Browns might want a running back like that. I think you look at the Houston Texans. You know, with Deshaun Watson, I think that the Houston Texans would be a great place for Le'Veon Bell. Awful place for us being Titans fans, <laughs> but I think that that two-headed monster having that option. Just think of that run-pass option. With Deshaun Watson and Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. Could any team stop that? Because both guys can run, and you have the threat of Deshaun Watson's arm, tossing it down there to Hopkins. So I, I think that Le'Veon Bell, I mean, would be a huge asset to the Houston Texans. It's a matter of, do the Houston Texans want to actually pay for him? And I think that's a big, that's a big thing for all teams looking at Le'Veon Bell. Do they have the money to do so? Um, Jacksonville Jaguars. That's another team that they can look at. Yeah, Leonard Fournette can't stay healthy right now. So. No, no. And I, I think they want to get rid of him anyway. I think they want to move on from Levy, uh, from After what happened in the yeah. football game. Yeah. For after what happened with Fournette, I think they want to get rid of him. Um, so they'll have a new quarterback most likely in Jacksonville. And why not a new running back as well? I think if Le'Veon Bell went to Jacksonville and they got a new quarterback, that saves Doug Marone's job just by having those two uh, a new quarterback and Le'Veon Bell, even if it's a, even if it's just a, you know, uh, I can't even think of a quarterback right now. Um, quarterback from Nick Foles, Nick, not Nick Foles, the quarterback from the Denver Broncos, Joe Flack. Oh, um, Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Put Case Keenum in Jacksonville and give him Le'Veon Bell. I don't care who the quarterback is. If you want to keep Blake Bortles there, then fine. Keep Blake Bortles there. Give the ball to Le'Veon Bell every single time. Toss it to Le'Veon Bell. Every single time, and he'll be able to play for him, and I think he'll be able to win. Not only that, Le'Veon Bell's healthy; he sat out a year, so he's not damaged or anything. He'll be good to go. Now, another Pittsburgh Steeler player that everyone's talking about, 
AB, no, not your girlfriend, Dylan, but Antonio Brown, apparently <laughs> wants out of Pittsburgh. And Antonio Brown, the Steelers are playing hardball, Dylan, because the Steelers said, okay, Antonio Brown, if you want out, we'll let you go. But guess what? You can't go to the Patriots. Uh, you can't go to another AFC team. We're only going to stay in the NFC. So do you think the Steelers are being smart by trying to basically limit their options by forcing him to go to the an NFC team? When I feel, Dylan, the Steelers shouldn't sell themselves short. They should get the best deal. Like the Patriots they or, should. or the, the, the Chargers or... The Broncos, if someone gives you a good deal, if it's the best deal, you take it. They're looking Those for are... they're looking for at least two first round draft picks. Oh at yeah, at least at least two first rounds. Which I mean, Antonio Brown is one of the best running wide receivers, if not the best wide receiver in the league right now. So why would you not want to take him? Like why would you not want to get that much for him? Because Antonio Brown is going to kill it anywhere he goes. Um, thinking of potential landing spots too. I mean, you look at Green Bay Packers. They have Devontae Adams. They have Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb's getting older. I mean, that's a great place for Antonio Brown. You look at the San Francisco 49ers. You just spent so much money on Jimmy Garoppolo going there to San Francisco. He needs a wide receiver. And having a wide receiver of Antonio Brown's stature in San Francisco is a huge plus for Jimmy Garoppolo. And it would make him look really good. Uh, also, it would make him to where he probably wouldn't get hurt like he did last season because he'd be getting, out of, getting the ball out of his hands pretty quickly. And I think that having a wide receiver like Antonio Brown on a team like that, I think that would be that would pay dividends for Garoppolo and company um, in San Francisco. But what other potential landing spots do you see out there for a player such as Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown, I mean, he's going to definitely have a lot of options, Dylan, because he can go anywhere, like you said. Um, I could see Seattle. I think he can be a good fit with Russell Wilson up there. Um, Arizona, because, you know, Larry Fitzgerald's getting older. I mean, their quarterback, I know they're struggling offensively, but they got a uh, Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, if he can somehow get Antonio Brown, that could change his whole offensive system there in Arizona. Of course, Tampa Bay, Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians coming up to uh, Tampa Bay with the Buccaneers. They could use a wide receiver as well. And you can never rule out teams like, you know, the Saints or the Chicago Bears. That could be another great land spot for uh, Mitch Trubisky to get him over there, get some receiver help, even though the Bears are probably more focused on a kicker right now. But, yeah, you know, I would be. <laughs> but he's going to have options. So it's going to be interesting next month to see Dylan where he goes. Um, the only person that seems to be solved, no reason to go right now, is Joe Flacco, because it appears that the Denver Broncos are going to sign him. And, John Elway, on a quest for another quarterback, brings another older veteran in. I mean, it worked for Peyton Manning. I, Joe Flacco, I just, just don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with Joe Flacco. I think that Joe Flacco can do well. Um, he's he's still, I mean, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Like, he, he won the Super Bowl. Um, I, I think that Joe Flacco can do some good things. But um, also, you're taking, talking about uh, Seattle. With Seattle and Antonio Brown, the only bad thing about that is there's only one more deal left on Russell Wilson's uh, contract that he has there in Seattle. Yeah, and there's been rumors that there's he been might rumors. try to go to New York. Exactly. He might want to go to the Giants because Sierra has some ties to New York. And of course. he wants to get out of there. Saquon Barkley is a good friend of Russell uh, Wilson's as well. So, I mean, you look at Russell and Wilson in Seattle. not getting any younger. No. You look at Russell Wilson in Seattle. He looks pretty, pretty good for his age. So, instead of spending a draft pick... How about you just leave Eli Manning as the quarterback of the New York Giants this year? And then next year, once Russell Wilson becomes a free agent, why don't you just sign him to a contract? Bring him over to New York. I'm sure he'd sign it. I mean, at at a certain point, you look at Russell Wilson, and he knows how much of a window he has. I'm not saying he's going to be retiring anytime soon, but he wants to get the most out of his career as possible. And I think in Seattle, I mean, there's only so far they can go. Yeah, he won a Super Bowl, so he went to two Super Bowls with Seattle. Yeah, so and that was with the Legion of Doom as well, exactly. And that and that was quite some time ago. The Legion of Doom is it's gone completely. It's different. been disbanded. It's been disbanded. <laughs> it's completely different. So I mean, you know, he kind of has to think about long term for him too. And in Seattle, I don't think that Russell Wilson has a long term plan to stay there. I think that he'll definitely go somewhere else. Um, and New York Giants look like an awfully tempting team to be on. OBJ, 
Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard. I mean, that those are some key, you know, playmakers there in New York. And it's New York. I mean, the Giants need some buzz right now because they've just been bad. And the Jets are even worse. So New York football needs some love, and Russell Wilson can definitely give them that. Now, one team that is looking to stay put, even though they're going to move anyways, the Oakland Raiders. They apparently had some lawsuit thing going on in the city of Oakland, and Oakland was going to kick them out, and they were probably going to be a traveling team for, or they were thought they were going to play in London. But the Raiders have said they're very close to a deal to where they'll stay in Oakland for the 2019 season, because right now they're homeless, and then 2020, they'll stay one more year in Oakland, and then in 2021 is when they're expected to go to Las Vegas. So that is what's going on in the NFL. Speaking of Vegas, Dylan, let's talk some hockey. As the Vegas Golden Knights made the biggest splash of the day, getting Mark Stone from the Ottawa Senators, giving him a, not only that, Dylan, they gave him a huge contract extension. Now, he can't sign it until March 1st, but that's the deal on the table. So, Dylan, why do you think about the Vegas Golden Knights just giving up prospects and picks, going all in to try to make a run for the game back to the Stanley Cup? It actually wasn't a big of a, a big of a haul as I thought it was going to be for Mark Stone in terms for Ottawa's sake. Um, they got two players and they got a pick. That's all they got, which there was rumors that they were talking about getting a prospect, um, uh, an AHL player, and then a first rounder or two first rounders. Um, they said there was a lot going on the table for Mark Stone, but I mean, it turned out to be not that huge of a deal. The biggest part of the deal, though, is the contract on the back end. The contract is going to be an eight-year extension at about $9 million a year. Annual average value of $9 million a year, which is absolutely insane. I'm so glad the Predators passed on that because that is way too much money. Um, I mean, Although, who knows? Vegas, you know, Vegas needs a star player like that. I think that bringing him in, bringing a Mark Stone in, brings them back to relevancy. Because this year, they've been they've been okay. I'm not saying they have been bad. But they haven't been as um, hyped up as they were last season. Because it's not their, it's not their first season anymore. They're, they're experienced in the league now. They have one year under their belt. And uh, they're just not playing at the same caliber as they were last year. So that's why people haven't been talking about them. But now that Mark Stone is there, people will talk about the Vegas Golden Knights. And they will be in the conversation for the Western Conference Final this year. Um, just because of that one move. And that, that's, that's huge to think about. Because Mark Stone is a point producer. He is a point-per-game player, actually, this season. About a point-per-game, which is crazy to think about. Um, but yeah, I think Vegas did a great job with that Mark Stone signing. Not only that, Dylan, remember Vegas was coming in the trade deadline on a three-game losing streak. I mean, Dylan, they're only like four points ahead of where they're sitting at right now to third spot in the Pacific Division and out of the playoffs. Yeah. So they had to do something to try had to, to keep them running and they did. in the playoffs. And they did. So I, I think that that's a good move by them. Other big moves today, um, let's just talk about the National Predators because, of course, that's my team. Um, Wayne Simmons is going to the National Predators in exchange for um, Ryan Hartman. Ryan Hartman, yep. And a 2020 fourth-round pick. But if the Predators make it to pass the first round of the playoffs, then it's a third-round pick instead, a conditional pick. So... Um, huge move for the Predators there. Also, the bigger move of the day, the Predators got Michael Granlund from the Minnesota Wild in exchange for Kevin Fiala, which we had been hearing rumors that Kevin Fiala had been, uh, was going to be trade bait in this situation. Um, the crazy thing was, they actually had morning skate today, and Kevin Fiala and Ryan Hartman were both on the ice. So Nashville uh, media people were wondering why they were on the ice in the first place, if they were going to be traded. But they come to find out right at the deadline time, I think it was like 2.45, 1.45 Central Time um, was when the Grandland deal happened. Then right at 3 o'clock, the Wayne Simmons deal went through for Philadelphia. And Wayne Simmons is now a Predator. Wayne Simmons will be making his debut with the Predators um, tomorrow night against St. Louis. And then Grandland should be making his debut against Winnipeg on Friday. Um, his wife, his fiance was just having a baby today. So it was kind of wow, they got a lot going on. It was kind of crazy going on uh, with Granlin, but I think that uh, David Poyle talked to Granlin today for about five minutes. Said, "Look, focus on your family, focus on your wife, focus on your new baby, and we'll see you soon." So I think that's pretty much telling him, "Take your time. 
we're not going anywhere. Uh, so we'll look forward to you when you get here. So that's big moves for us. Uh, talking about the Washington Capitals, they didn't really make moves today. They made moves later, uh, earlier in the trade, um, the trade window this year. What were some of the big uh, key pieces that happened uh, during the trade deadline for you guys? Well, as I mentioned earlier in our show, the Caps didn't do much last year. And this year, I didn't expect to do much at a trade deadline this time around. But the Capitals wanted to focus on their needs. And what they focused on was basically getting some help on the power play and some help on the penalty kill. Because right now, Dylan, in the NHL, we're ranked 23rd in penalty killing. Our penalty kill has been really struggling lately. And the Caps have been up and down. We beat the Maple Leafs. We lose the Ducks. Then we beat the Rangers last night. So it's been kind of up and down for the Capitals. But what the Capitals did before the trade line this weekend was they announced on Friday that they have acquired Carl Hagelin, who used to be a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, the Capitals just like signing ex-Penguins players. Even though Yarmir Yager still haunts me over <laughs> the long contract we gave him. But anyway, yeah. yes, we signed Carl Hagelin, and our GM, McLennan, said, He's a vast versatile forward. He's going to help us in our second and fourth lines. And he's going to be a great penalty killer pair. So to me, that makes sense to help power the offense. They also brought in um, another player that they brought in, uh, Jensen. They brought him in from the Detroit Red Wings. And he's going to help the defense side. And, of course, we gave up Madison Bowie, a prospect, and a 2020 second-round pick and a 2019 fifth-round pick. So... So Jensen's going to definitely be able to help out with that, with Niskanen and everybody on the defense line, Christian Juice, and going to bring the Capitals into trying to get back to defending their Stanley Cup. And the Capitals, like I mentioned, we went up and down, we beat the Ducks, or lost to the Ducks, excuse me, then we beat the Kings, beat the Maple Leafs, then we got whooped by the Sabres pretty bad, beat the Rangers, and then tomorrow, where we're expecting these players to come in, They'll be playing the Senators, who basically got rid of everybody. So we should get a W in that one, Dylan. But yes, the Capitals, we're been up and down, but now we're hoping to build momentum as we get down the stretch, Dylan. 6-3-1 our last 10 games to get towards the playoffs. Yeah, very good. Um, also, some big moves happened today and over the past few days. Matt Duchesne and Keith Kincaid are going to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Charlie Coyle is going to Boston with the Bruins. Uh, Broussard is going to Colorado Avalanche. Marcus Johansson is going to the Bruins as well. So huge moves by the league. I think the biggest winner of the trade deadline has to be the Columbus Blue Jackets. They made the biggest splash in the trade deadline. And we'll see what happens with them. Because the biggest thing is a lot of their players are on deals that are ending after this season. So are they just getting all these rental players to try to you know, get to the Stanley Cup, win the Stanley Cup, and then just let them go and just kind of work with what they have left? Or they have a lot of cap room too. Are they going to try to sign some of these players? We'll see what happens at the end of the season. We'll see if this gamble pays off. Um, in the short term, though, do you think this gamble will pay off for the Columbus Blue Jackets? Uh, that's a big question, Dylan. And the Blue Jackets, right now, the playoffs start today. We will play them. And the Capitals, we struggled mildly a little bit in the beginning going down 2-0 against them in the playoffs last year. The Blue Jackets, to me, haven't changed much, even though they add some firepower. I think they're going to still be a team to rough out. So I hope we don't play them in the first round. I hope we somehow get the, the, the top speed of the Metro division, and they play Pittsburgh or somebody else. But whoever they beat in the first round, you know, they're going to probably get knocked out in the second round. I don't, especially if they go in the Atlantic division, Dylan, and because they're in the wild card. or gonna, They could be in that wild card. They could drop down and end up playing Tampa or... Uh, Boston, they they probably be Boston and then go to second round play Tampa. Tampa's hot; they're on fire. Nikita Kucherov, he's on fire right now. So, I just I don't see Columbus. If you're asking me, do I think the Columbus Blue Jackets win the Stanley Cup? No, but I think they do got a shot to at least get out the first round, which they haven't done in a while. Do you think it's worth it then for them to be paying this price to get these players, these rental players? If they are rental players, they might they might become players that want to sign there. I think Matt Duchesne will not want to sign there. I think he wants to sign in Nashville. So in the offseason, I, I, I fully expect the Nashville Predators to make a huge push for him and to sign him to a long-term deal in Nashville. But um, looking at these other players that they got, you got, uh, let's see here, you have Keith Kincaid, 
Um, you have some of the other players they got to in the deadline. I don't have the exact names right here with me. Um, but do you think that they will – you think it's worth it to give up their future? Yeah, Dylan. I, look, it's worth it because they, they, the Blue Jackets think they can win now. And like I said, the Blue Jackets made a lot of moves. They got Adam McQuaid from the Rangers, and they got uh, some other player, Ryan Dzingel from the Ottawa Senators. They got him as well. So, in like a I separate said, deal. Yeah, separate deal. <laughs> they went Strange. back to Ottawa. Hey, can you say another player? So, you know, I think the Blue Jackets are, are focused for the now. It's a big risk. Could they go far? I mean, Dylan, you never know. The NHL, you always have a team that gets hot. But remember, your Predators a few seasons ago. No one expected them to get the Stanley Cup final against Pittsburgh, and they did. So Columbus thinks, oh, we're Nashville. We got all these good players. We got a uh, coach, John Tortorella. going to put the fire on everybody. But – we're going to go for it and make it a good run. And I think, Dylan, if they're in the Atlantic division, it's going to be tough. But going against Boston, Tampa, and whoever who comes out of the Metropolitan Division, but they think they can do it. And like I said, I think they, they can definitely get out of the first round. Past that, it depends on who they're going to match up with. All right. Um, so Preds and Caps update. Let's talk about the Preds and Caps so far after the trade deadline and before the trade deadline, too. The Predators have been doing well so far. They're still second in the Central Division. They're up there within the top seven or eight teams in the league. So they're doing pretty well. I think they've been kind of inconsistent. So I think adding Wayne Simmons and also adding um, Granlund as well. Adding Brian Boyle to Cody McLeod. We added some grit to our team. I think we added some power and some some roughhousing to our team. Um, I think that with Wayne Simmons and Brian Boyle especially, we'll do better on the power play because that's one of the things that we've been struggling with. I think we're at like 12.9% um, on the power play this year, which is not very good. I think it's in the bottom three or four teams in the league. So hopefully we can get better on that with the power play and those acquisitions we made today. But, um, you know, I, I think that the Predators will do well going into the playoffs. I think we added the key veteran players and key experienced players that we, that we uh, did today that will push us to a long trip in the playoffs this season and hopefully to the Stanley Cup final, but we'll see what happens there. JT, how are your Capitals looking so far? Well, as I mentioned earlier, we're six, three and one so far And the Capitals. Like I said, I know we weren't very active during the trading line, but our GM McKillen is keeping, uh, staying pat basically not doing too much and going with the same team that won the cup. And like I said, game players like Carl Hagelin, Nick Jensen, that's definitely going to help out, especially getting boosts on our defense. That's when our key area concern. And now we got Christian Juice and Brooks Orpik. You know, you can, our our coach Todd Renner can switch the lineup around and play around with uh, defensive pairings to try to find a solid pairing by the time we start the playoffs. And with the offense, like I said, Ovechkin's going to do his thing. Barakowski didn't get moved, so he's not going anywhere. And we still got. Of course, Kuznetsov always breaking records, and Holpi is Holpi, so he's the man now. He don't got, um, he don't got the the guy we traded last year to uh, scare him. So I think he's gonna be okay for the Capitals, and we start against Ottawa tomorrow. We go against Ottawa, beat them, and try to get a win streak going. Try to see if we can get the top spot from the Islanders. Cause that's the team that has the top spot in the Metropolitan Division right now. But I think the Caps can do it, Dylan. And once we get it done. We'll see what happens. But we're definitely going to the playoffs. Where with Vegas being four points out, there's no guarantee. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's move on to some basketball news then. LeBron James, man, calling out the Lakers for no sense of urgency after a loss to the New Orleans Pelicans. The, and um, uh, what's his name? Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis-less New Orleans Pelicans in that game. Um, what do you think? What's what's happening with the Lakers right now? Well, what's going on in that locker room? I think the Lakers are are, are really struggling, Dylan. They're they're banged up, and the, the young players. I don't think they understand the the mentality. Of, you know, LeBron James is under right now. And look, I mean, LeBron James. He's an all star. He's he's went to what eight straight championships or something like that, and he's carried the team every time. But LeBron's thirty four years old, Dylan. He he can't do it in this young roster, Dylan. They just aren't motivated for whatever reason. You know, they're 4-6 and six in the last 10 games. They got beat by the Pelicans really bad. And the Lakers are really struggling. And you're sitting right now three games 
from the final playoff spot, which is ironically currently held by the L.A. Clippers, the other L.A. team. So LeBron James, you know, I think he's going to try to keep pushing Dylan, but I really don't see it, Dylan. I, I can't see the Lakers making the playoffs this year. And if they do, they're going to get bounced by the Warriors or the Nuggets. They're not going to beat them in the first round. And LeBron's going to have to get help. The Lakers didn't do anything in the trade deadline. I was talking about Anthony Davis. They didn't get him. I was talking about Carmelo Anthony. They didn't bring him in. I was talking about all these other all-stars. They didn't bring him in. Everybody's talking about New York right now, the Knicks. Now, I know the Knicks suck. They beat Well, they beat my Spurs the other night, which I'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> but <laughs> after snapping their, what, 18-game losing streak at home or something. But the Knicks, there's talk that they can get Kevin Durant and a couple of other all-stars, Kyrie Irving and all these other players. I mean, don't oversleep on New York, man. Knicks, they can make some moves. And the Lakers, look, if they can't get Kyrie, if they can't get Anthony Davis, if they can't get these other All-Stars to go there, LeBron James in trouble. And LeBron James, you know, getting as old as he is, Dylan, he's, he just can't carry it, Dylan. So we'll have to see what happens to the Lakers, but it's not looking good, Dylan. And I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I just don't see it. I don't see it either. I, I think that LeBron James will figure out that he's human, this year because he's not going to the finals again and he's not going to the playoffs. I think that the Lakers need to look inside and figure out what's going on in that locker room. I really think so. I think that that they're going to fire Luke Walton after the season. They shouldn't because I think Luke Walton's a good coach. I think that it's just that it's the team. It's the team they put around LeBron James and they're expecting this young nucleus, this, this, um, very young team to rally around LeBron James and LeBron James pick them up on his shoulders, like you said before, and carry them to the playoffs, which that will not happen in this league, especially in the West, especially with teams like Golden State, with Houston, with with Denver, with all those teams. You can't expect LeBron James to win as consistently as he did in the Eastern Conference with the team he has around him, because the team he has around him is very young. Um, I, I think that they just need more experience. I think they need more experienced guys on the court with them, and they really missed out not getting Anthony Davis. I think that LeBron James actually shot himself in the foot about that whole trade, because he was the one talking about, you know, I've talked to Anthony Davis, I've told him that he should come to the Lakers, blah, blah, blah. I'm not colluding with anybody. I sh- I'm not breaking rules. Well, guess what? You ruined it for the Lakers. You talked to him too much. You talked about it too much. And guess what? The Lakers do not have Anthony Davis. And, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Davis didn't go to the Lakers in the offseason. I think that LeBron James just needs to figure out what's going on with this team, try to dial them in somehow, and, you know, they need to get more pieces in the offseason. I agree, Dylan. Well, let's talk about another Western Conference team, my beloved San Antonio Spurs. As I mentioned earlier, we got beat pretty bad by the New York Knicks last night. And Greg Popovich, speaking of getting called out, he was calling out our defense last night. But the way we blew that game against the Knicks, I mean, come on, the Knicks were dead last in the Eastern Conference. They were like on a record losing streak or at home. And our defense blew it. And Greg Popovich said that was pathetic. We were pathetic last night. And the Spurs are right now in Brooklyn, New York, trying to redeem themselves. Not looking so good but right now at the moment. But the Spurs, look, same issues. You know, we start off hot and we get out cold. And DeRozan, even though he had like 30 points last night, we still lose. The bench was just, just quiet. And, you know, the Spurs, same thing. They're going to have to revamp the offense, get that spark going. Because, like I said, the Western Conference is very competitive right now. And the Spurs right now are sitting seventh. So we can easily slip and not make the playoffs. And trust me, Dylan, it's been a long... You talk about the Patriots making the playoffs all the time. The Spurs have been in, what, 20 straight playoffs every year? Yeah, a lot. I mean, now, I know we're not winning championships every year. Like the Patriots seem to be doing it. But they're still year. in the playoffs. They're still the making playoffs. a run. So that streak could be at risk of ending if we don't make it. So we'll see if the Spurs can turn it around. But speaking of teams that are getting hot, the the, the Rockets... They have gone 3-0 this season against the Golden State Warriors. They seem to really figure them out. And, this, and they've done it, Dylan, without Chris Paul and some other And James Harden, I think, has been out for a bit. So the Rockets have been having the Warriors number. Now the question is, Dylan, are the Rockets going to be able to show up 
in the playoffs and finally beat the Warriors because that's who they're always going to play. And look, Dylan, I still can't bet against the Warriors in the West. I mean, it's the Warriors. I mean, they've shown everybody, whereas the Nuggets or the Spurs, they have it against the Rockets this season. But I just can't count the Warriors out until they beat themselves. That's the only way I can see them losing. Uh, But we'll see, Dylan. The Rockets have been very impressive against the Warriors. So we'll see if they can finally get over that hump and beat the Warriors in the playoffs. Yeah, I think so as well. I think Houston does look really good this season. But again, Warriors, it's the regular season. Do you think they care about the regular season? No. No, they don't care about the regular season. Only time they care about the regular season is if they're going to break the record for most wins in the regular season like they did like two seasons ago, I think it was. Yeah. Um, That's the only time they care about the regular season. Postseason's coming up. Playoffs are coming up. I think that they're waiting for their time. And once they get to that pit, to that time, they have to play. The Warriors have to play the Rockets seven games in a row. I think that the Warriors are going to find out that the Rockets can't handle the power and the the finesse and the skill the Rockets the the Warriors have. So the Rockets will lose to them in in uh, a best of seven round. I think so. All right, then let's talk about our beloved Orlando Magic. And the Magic, I know last time we talked about them last month, they were struggling. They were trying to figure themselves out. Young team trying to get things going. But they made a big statement last night, Dylan, beating the Toronto Raptors, one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference, 113-98. They blew them out. And Terrence Ross, he played against his old team last night, getting 28 points. Nikola Vucic had 23 points and 12 rebounds. And the Raptors were very impressive snapping or excuse me the magic excuse me snapping the raptors seven game win streak so the magic right now dylan we're, we're eight and two in our last 10 games we're sitting one game out of the final playoff spot we're in a ninth place in the eastern conference so the magic have done very well trying to build that momentum to see if they can make the playoffs uh looks like if we make the playoffs we would probably be playing the top teams like toronto or boston or the pacers that's the top three teams in the East right now. Which is fine. But for the Magic, considering we haven't made the playoffs in, what, what, a decade? We'll take it. I'll take it, yeah. I would love to go see a playoff game here in Orlando. That'd be fantastic. Um, I think the Orlando Magic have a shot at getting an, uh, a playoff game this year. Um, will they make it through the playoffs? Probably not with this team. It's fine. But we're making progress. That's all that matters. Um, not you know, to mention, we got Markel Fultz, too. Going into this, going into this season, they got the new head coach. And we thought, oh, crap. They're going to the same old routine they used to go to. This is a a washed-up coach that he was just an assistant before, like blah, 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 blah. I I think he's actually doing really well with the team. I think he's actually getting a lot out of this team. And I think that moving forward, this team can do some good things. And, again, Markel Fultz. I think Fultz will be a really, really key piece um, on this team. And, you know, we got him for a steal, really. Yeah, we didn't have to give up much. No, no. And for a a quote-unquote first-round bust, I mean, I think that Fultz will do some good things in Orlando, and hopefully he can he can live up to his full potential like he had before. Um, so we'll see what happens in Orlando, but I think it'll be really interesting if they make it to the playoffs, at least make it to the first round. That would be phenomenal for us and for the city. All right, Dylan. Well, let's go ahead and move on to... Oh, wait a second. Oh, wait. It's your time, isn't it? Yeah, that's awesome. It's the time for JT's football recap of the week, which we haven't heard in forever. But JT, the microphone is all yours, sir. Thanks, Dylan. As always, out of bounds, we're here to recap the latest from the beautiful game. And let's start with my weekend recap. There's a lot of action happening this weekend. Let's start in La Liga as Barcelona take on Sevilla. And Messi had a hat trick in this game as Barcelona defeated Sevilla forwarded to to keep themselves up top in the La Liga over Real Madrid. In Bundesliga, FC Bayern Munich got a goal, and they managed to get a 1-0 victory over Hertha Berlin. Uh, that win is crucial because they were at that point on Saturday were one point behind Borussia Dortmund for the Bundesliga after struggling early in the season. Speaking of Borussia Dortmund, on this past Sunday, yesterday, Dortmund was hanging in there for they were up 3-1 and the Leverkusen made a late goal 3-2 and they managed to hang on Borussia Dortmund for a 3-2 victory over Bayern Leverkusen. The other big game yesterday was Manchester United against Liverpool. I watched this game yesterday. Man United had to use three subs in the first half. 
players were getting injured. Rashford, Jesse Lingard. It just wasn't looking good for uh, uh, Anders Herrera. It just was not looking good for Man United. But the most thing for Manchester United was they were able to hang on for a draw against Liverpool, which is not easy to do at home. And there's, I mean, I know they're in fifth place right now, but they're still in striking this for the top four. And Ole Gunnar Gunchar, he has one night. Nine out of his last 11 games, two draws. Hasn't lost a game other than that game against PSG in the Champions League. So he's done very well. All right, and then I got to talk to you, Dylan, about this League Cup final yesterday for the Carabao Cup between Chelsea and Man City. Now, the game finished 0-0, went to penalties, and Manchester City won on penalties 4-3 to win the League Cup. But no one's talking about that, Dylan. Everyone's talking about the situation between Maurizio Sarri and the goalkeeper for that team, Kepa. Kepa refused to come off. He was going to get subbed by the backup goalkeeper, really Caballero, and he said, no, coach, I'm, I'm not going out. I'm not, just, just, just keep me in the game. And sorry, he was pissed. He was so <laughs> bad. He threw his clipboard down. I, I've never seen anything like this. And he basically tried to walk off the pitch and then came back on the field. I mean, he was angry. And I think he just showed up with Chelsea. He's losing control of the locker room now. And the fact that he didn't pull his goalie keeper off after basically refusing to come off, I don't think he's gonna be, I don't think he's gonna make it to the end of the season. He might get sacked before the Premier League season wraps up. But anyway, let's talk about some Orlando City SC. It's been a while since so we talked about them, Dylan. They've been very busy, Orlando City SC, as they get prepped for their twenty nineteen MLS season. Uh, they just recently signed Nani. Nani, a former Manchester United player, big star. He was at Manchester United, went to Valencia for a bit, then finished up with Sporting uh, Lisbon, and then he signed on a free transfer to Orlando City on a three-year contract. So he's going to be a huge plus, try to help those young players out and see if Orlando City can try to make their playoff run. Uh, Orlando City also won their preseason invitational tournament, beating New England Revolution 6-2, to win a trophy. So wow. Orlando City, we haven't seen them done that in a while, but they finally were able to do that. And as I mentioned, they're getting ready to kick off their season, Dylan, this weekend on Saturday as they get ready to host New York City FC. Orlando Pride news. The Orlando Pride, they've been pretty quiet this offseason. They recently did hire a coach. They hired Mark Skinner uh, last month. And the NWSL, the league, announced that Orlando's, uh, the Orlando Pride, their first game, it's going to be on April 14th at home against the Portland Thorns. The Orlando Seawolves of the MASL, they were on a three-game win streak and were hanging in their third place in their division uh, in the MASL Central Division. And they got that streak snapped this past weekend with a loss to the Kansas City Comets 9-4. It was a tough one for the boys there wearing those nice, beautiful yellow kits as they were without their players, Diego Fritas and Victor France. Very tough for them to keep up with the Kansas City Comets. But the Seawolves are still in contention for the playoffs. They will be playing two games this weekend. They will play on Friday against the Milwaukee Wave and then on Saturday against the Florida Tropics at home. Both games at home. So we'll see if they can get a win streak going against those teams in the Silver Spur Arena. All right, let's talk some soccer news. So last week, uh, U.S. Soccer had their board meeting and announced all their league sanctioning all that stuff. So they announced that NISA, the National Independent Soccer Association, has received provisional sanctioning for Division Three. That means that league will start their season in the fall, going to a fall to spring schedule. So that was very interesting that I've noticed in the news this week. Also, CONCAT Champions League started last week, and they begin the second leagues tomorrow. And what was crazy about that, Dylan, was the two teams everyone was talking about, Atlanta United, the 2018 MLS Cup champions, and they went down to Herdiano. They lost 3-1. to one. And then Toronto FC, the Canadian champions for the Canadian division, they got beat 4-0 by Independiente from Panama. Just was off to a terrible start for the MLS teams. We'll see if they can bounce back in the second leg, but it's not looking good. But Sporting KC did look good. They won 3-0 against Toluca this past week in a CONCAT Champions League. All right, some games to watch this week. It's going to be in England this week as we had two big games. We have the North London Derby on Saturday between Arsenal against Tottenham Hotspur. And on Sunday, you have the Merseyside Derby between Liverpool and Everton. 
And that, guys, will conclude my football recap of the week. Let's move on to some miscellaneous news. So let's start with free agent Bryce Harper, uh, formerly with the Washington Nationals, is going to be signing with an MLB team sometime soon. By the end of the week, it looks like um, three teams teams were in contention. The Los Angeles Dodgers, the San Francisco Giants, and the Philadelphia Phillies. But of those three teams, it looks like the Phillies will probably have the best shot of getting Bryce Harper because they are the only one willing to give him a long-term deal, which it's less money than he's wanting, but it's a long-term deal. So do you go with that or do you go with the tie? I don't know what he's going to do. I think he's going to go with the Phillies all in all. Um, I think they were the big name he was looking at in the first place, but we'll see what happens towards the end of the week. Well, you no. never know, Dylan. They might pony up some money at the last minute to get him to sign because that's what they're going to have to do. They might. They might. Just the to Dodgers kind of got the a pot. very attractive short term deal because Machado's not there, so they got a lot of they got they can offer him a short term deal, but they could make a promise a long term extension. And LA is a big market, so we'll see. Huge, yeah, huge market, and that'd be a huge team. He could possibly get a a, a ring with that team as well because that team is very very stacked. Um, looking at Manny Machado, he signed with the San Diego Padres, 10-year, $300 million contract. Yeah, so he, that's an expensive move to go just down I-5 to San Diego. But, hey, the Padres, they, they've done well, Dylan. They got a young uh, farm team roster from the minor leagues that they're calling up to that team now. And the Padres, they're taking the approach of what the Royals did when they won the World Series. Or the Astros, we're we had no, we couldn't name an Astros player. And now they won the World Series a, f- a couple seasons ago. So, that's the approach the Padres are doing, so follow the Padres, man. They might actually, with Machado now, they're definitely going to make some noise in the NL West this season. They'll make some noise. Uh, also looking at D.C.'s XFL team, looks like they have a new head coach, Pep Hamilton. Yeah, Pep Hamilton just signed as the, uh, I don't know, that's, that's weird with XFL. A lot of these new coaches they're hiring, they're getting not only the head coaching job, but they're also getting the GM job. So I found that pretty interesting because Bob Stoops is with the Dallas franchise in the XFL, you got Pep Hamilton going to the D.C. XFL team. And now you got, and today they announced Jim Zorn, former Washington Redskins coach. He's going to be the Seattle head coach and GM for that XFL team. So I don't know what's to sell the XFL. That's other weird. Than we'll give you a head coach and GM job. Both team, both coach, Some coaches, they don't do well with having both roles. But we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. So the XFL, all of our luck, we'll see what they can do to try to compete with the Alliance uh, next season, as well as in the Arena Football League. So lots of football to compete with, not just this year, but next year and going in the future. Let's go to our winners and losers of the week. JT, I'll start with you first. My winner this week is going to be Spike Lee. Spike Lee. Spike Lee, man, he's been pretty busy this past weekend. Uh, He was at the Oscars last night. He brought two uh, gold uh, Air Jordan-like shoes or something, and he was showing off social media. I was like, what is he doing? And then he his movie ended up winning an Oscar. Black Klansman. Black Klansman, yeah. yeah. That won an Oscar, which was uh, very awesome for him. And, of course, his Knicks beat my Spurs last night. So there you go, Spike Lee. What a great day for you yesterday. Uh, my loser this week, as I mentioned earlier, Maurizio Sarri and the Keppa bust-up situation. Come on. If you're going to get subbed, get off the field, man. Don't be arguing with your coach. He's supposed to make the play. Get off the field, man. So now Kappa's looking bad, and the coach, well, like I said, he's not going to make it to the end of the season. So Chelsea really struggling, and Sarri's going to go up to Rome next year. So we'll see what happens. But Dylan, who are your winners and losers this week? My winners and losers will go out to the trade deadline for the NHL. My winner is going to be David Poyle for being a wizard, as always, only giving up a fourth-round 2020 pick, uh, maybe a third round if they go to the playoffs and win a series this year. Um, Kevin Fiala and also Ryan Hartman. We thought we were going to be giving up Ely Tolvanen um, and also Dante Fabro um, and some more draft picks, maybe even first-round draft picks for next year, but we didn't give up any of that. Uh, we only gave up two players and a draft pick, so congratulations to David Poyle. And my loser this week is Artemi Panarin because he was the number one trade uh, trade target, I guess you could say, for the NHL going into the trade deadline and he's the only one that didn't get traded. It's crazy. Columbus is Columbus is trying to keep him, trying to keep him long term to see if they can, you know, say, "Hey, look, we can bring all these players to you. We can actually win here in Columbus. Please stay here." So we'll see that if it actually works. They're throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks, and we'll see if Panarin 
will stick um, in this situation. So let's go to our final thoughts, JT. You go first. Yeah, I mean, Dylan, my final thoughts, just real quick, just talking about, you know, baseball, because spring training starting up now. A lot of teams are playing some games. Of course, the Braves are playing right down the road here at ESPN. So I'll probably go out to a game to try to see how those guys are looking. But everyone's talking about Ichiro. He's coming out of the front office because, you know, the Mariners, they're going to be playing in Japan a couple of games next month. And he's just going to be there. You know, a lot of history uh, with him when he was playing out there before he came in the Mariners, played with the Yankees, Marlins, and now coming back to Seattle. So I'm glad Dylan see baseball starting back up. You know, very excited. Probably might go down to Tampa for a few Rays games to check some stuff out. So very excited to see baseball kind of games moving. I know it's going to be shunned right now because you got NBA, hockey, and the NFL draft. But once that's all done, you know, in the summer, it's all baseball, other than the Women's World Cup. So they'll have its own little attention. And then as we get to the fall, when college football and the NFL start to pick up, baseball's getting ready for its playoffs. So like I said, watch out for the Padres, guys. They might actually do something this year now they got Machado. Uh, But Dylan, what's your final thought? My final thought goes out to the trade deadline. You didn't disappoint today. The Predators did great in the trade deadline. I think we made some great acquisitions to possibly make a long run in the in the uh, playoffs this season. I think that I am much more comfortable with our team now going into the playoffs than I was before. I think that we can make some waves. Um, and we can definitely shore up our power play with Wayne Simmons on the team. I think Wayne Simmons is a great addition. And Granlund, you know, he can score some goals. He He'll be, he'll be great, too, so... I think we have great things coming Simmons for the Predators. Boyle, Dylan, that's just a dangerous lineup. That's a dangerous lineup. At first, we thought that Boyle, whenever he came to the team, we I thought, expect a lot of fights in in the penalty box. There better be. <laughs> there better be. Yeah, we thought that Simmons was going to be not a target for us anymore because we had Boyle on the team. But apparently, David Boyle still wanted um, Simmons to come because he had that connection with Peter Laviolette. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I'm excited for it. Revving up for the playoffs, we'll probably have our friend Justin Bradford come on the show soon, and also Scott Dressler will come on the show to talk about some NHL stuff as we gear up for the playoffs as well. But once again, thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. You can follow us on Facebook, Out of Bounds, Dylan James, on Twitter, OOB Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter, Dylan underscore James. You can also email me at Dylan at OutOfBoundsPodcast.com. Always give us our comments, concerns, suggestions, things of that nature, and we'll be sure to um, address those things and hopefully make our show better so we can uh, definitely do more things like this for you guys. So, JT, what are your social media handles, sir? You guys can follow me on Twitter. I'm at JTSocka88. That's at JTSOCKA88. You can follow me on Instagram at JTSocka Sports. And you can email me. It's JT at Out of Bounds Podcast.com. I always forget my Instagram, so it's Dylan, uh, Dylan James underscore FL. Dylan James underscore FL as in Florida. Thanks for listening once again, and we will talk to you guys next time. Let's go.